the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, greetings. Good afternoon to you. Actually, Kath has the day off. She's taking a little uh, much-needed rest and recreation. I'm here with you for the uh, following two hours, so thanks for being along. we got a good show here lined up for you. A lot's going on today uh, across the, the Pittsburgh region and across the, the country as well. You know, uh, divorce, very painful. Uh, it's estimated that 40 to 50% of people who enter into marriage at one time or another will end that marriage, divorce from each other. And, of course, uh, we as Christians, we are not immune to that. And the church itself is not immune to that. Uh, If you've been uh, reading and following along with church breakups in denominations, you'll have to look any further than the the PCUSA, which uh, over the past decade or so has lost many, many churches. And with that, the Episcopal Church has been part of that breakup as well. And uh, the, the odd and interesting thing, at least from an outsider perspective, not being a Episcopal or Anglican, is that for the past decade or so, that blow-up was centered right here in the city of Pittsburgh. Well, the good news, and if there can be good news about denominations breaking up, the good news is that a settlement was reached between the Episcopal Church and nine breakaway parishes who are Anglican right now here in the city of Pittsburgh. Here to talk to us about that is is Reverend Jonathan Millard, who is the rector of the Church of the Ascension in the Shadyside, Oakland section of the city of Pittsburgh. Jonathan Millard was part of the uh, the process, part of the uh, the group that oversaw uh, how the Episcopal and the, uh, the Anglican Church would uh, look at each other and uh, leave each other. So, uh, Jonathan, we welcome you to the show. How are you today? Uh, good. Thank you, John. Good to be on the show. Uh, glad to, to chat. Yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate uh, the transparency and your, your willingness to come along to tell us this story. So, Jonathan, uh, go back to the beginning of this story uh, more than 10 years ago and how the Episcopal Church was wanting to change and, uh, I guess, lack of a better word, evolve into a 21st century um, uh, faith body and how that was resisted within the ranks of other uh, Episcopalians and how this split started to take place. Yes, uh, John, you're right. It does go back, of course, uh, way before the 10 years ago when the institutional split here in Pittsburgh happened. And I think uh, for, for many of us, you know, particularly those of us who felt we had to, to make a stand and, and, and walk away from the Episcopal Church, it was, it was a number of issues. I think the most important issue was really uh, the understanding of the authority of Scripture. Yes. Um, and I think there was a departure between uh, many in the Episcopal Church, not all, but many, and those of us who, who uh, ended up being in, in what is now the Anglican Diocese of Pittsburgh. And obviously the flashpoint uh, centered around uh, views on human sexuality, but that was by no means the only thing that was 
making it increasingly hard for us to walk together. I see. So, Jonathan, uh, this is one of these deeply intimate things. I, mean, I, I was at one point a member of a church that was part of the PCUSA, and so I witnessed this myself firsthand, where you know, you follow along and you worship with a church family weekly throughout decades, and then something like this starts to take place, and there are murmurings and meetings and essentially bad feelings, and the people that you worshiped with there becomes uh, there becomes tension and anger and a break, and such is the case whether it was the PCUSA or the Episcopal and Anglican Church that happened with you as well. So friends and people who were in the body of Christ got angry with each other, and it so it made it very personal as well. And I'm sure that happened in, in your perspective too. Yes, I mean it is a very personal thing. I have dear friends who are, are Episcopalians, and I hope we will remain friends for the rest of our lives. Uh, I think at Church of the Ascension, we were uh, fortunate uh, that we were very united. There, w- there wasn't a lot of rancor in the pews, uh, hardly any. Uh, I think we had a clear sense of God's call uh, for us and the mission that he's given us. So it wasn't a, uh, a difficult thing in the sense of personal relationships. Um, uh, but, but again, that's, that's the generality. Of course, for some, it was difficult. But, yes. But there weren't, we weren't 100%. Um, and so you're right. And, and where you started this segment, drawing the analogy to divorce, is, I think, a helpful one. Um, and divorce is a, a terrible, uh, sad, uh, you know, traumatic thing. Um, and yet sometimes it, 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 it happens. Uh, and sometimes it's a mercy, sometimes it's inevitable, um, and uh, something that's very, very sad. But I think like where there's been a divorce, sometimes the passage of time you know, does ease the, the very deep feelings uh, of betrayal or rancor or whatever it may be. And I think something similar has happened, is happening perhaps even here in the in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, both the Episcopal and the Anglican Diocese. Wonderful. The people, it doesn't mean that the things that cause the separation in the diocese are no longer important. Far from it, they're still yes. important. Um, but I think those interpersonal relationships really do matter. So, front page today of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, the uh, lead story actually by Peter Smith, Uh, I'll just read the very opening paragraph. He says this, The Episcopal Diocese of Pittsburgh and nine breakaway Anglican parishes have settled a nearly decade-old legal dispute that will enable the congregations to continue using their properties while paying annual fees to the diocese, which will remain a limited, which will retain a limited say in the future of their properties. And that, in a nutshell, is the settlement that has just taken place. That the church that you occupy, the um, the church that you're currently in right now, your church is going to stay there. You will still be together, and you'll still have a connection to the Episcopal Church, paying some small yearly fee for the the foreseeable future, yes? That's absolutely right, yes, yes. All things considered, that's really good news for everybody involved. I, I believe it is. You know, I, um, <laughs> I I don't want to bandy around words like miraculous in a cavalier manner, but <laughs> I, I, I do think that God was very, very much in this, and very present. And, you know, one of the things that marked... Uh, the negotiations, particularly uh, in the end, end season of those of those negotiations, through through mediation with with help of skilled mediators, was that the tone of those discussions was was one of 
I, I think it's fair to say, of humility, uh, of a willingness to extend grace to one another, um, a willingness to put behind us and put, you know, be, you know, aside those things that had forced us apart. Um, and I think there was a real genuine desire out of genuine Christian charity to find a way that would keep us out of the courts. Yes. So for, for many years, Archbishop, or I should say, yeah, Archbishop Duncan was a, a guest on our show, and he in many ways was sort of the uh, the spotlight shone on him brightly as he, uh, in the early days and until recently, really sort of shepherded the Anglican Church through this process. I'm sure that you've had contact with Bishop Duncan, Archbishop Duncan, and there has been rejoicing in your quarters and across Episcopalian and Anglican uh, denominations today that all is said and done, and you can stay in your churches, and God is good, and let's just get on with the business of glorifying the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and we'll move forward from this day. Yes, I mean, Bishop uh, Duncan is a, is a great friend of Ascension, and, and mine, and, and our diocese, of course, um, and we're so grateful for his leadership and example. Um, I think, you know, I think there is rejoicing. We are glad that this is finished. It needs to go to the courts for formal ratification, but to all intents and purposes, it's finished. Um, but, you know, that rejoicing, well, with it, there's a sense of relief, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's I bet. finally over. But, you know, the rejoicing is tempered with, with um, the divisions in the church. You know, one doesn't ever want to see churches divided. No. And, and our Lord's Prayer, of course, was... Uh, for unity, that, that all Christians would be one. And so we, we continue to look for that, to pray for that, to work to that end. And while, you know, clearly now at the moment we, we feel compelled to walk apart from the Episcopal Church uh, in the Anglican uh, Church that we're in, um, we still love and pray for our Christian brothers and sisters, uh, you know, who we were formerly together with. Amen. Well, uh, Reverend Millard, thanks so much for being with us here today, for your leadership over these past many years, and for where you are right now as uh, the part of the Anglican Church here in the city of Pittsburgh. Hopefully this um, this model will find its way across the country, and uh, whether it is uh, Presbyterian or Episcopalian or Anglican or whatnot, when these um, tragedies befall uh, church denominations, this model perhaps will be used, and um, that the, the good news of Jesus Christ will continue to spread across not only the United States, but across the world as well. So thanks for being with us. Today. Amen. Yes, thank you so much, John. God My bless pleasure. You. Thank you. Reverend Jonathan Millard, Rector of the Church of the Ascension, part of the negotiating team between the Episcopal Church and the Anglican Church here in the city of Pittsburgh. Very good news. Bittersweet as it is. Stick around. Bill Glaze is with us talking about Psalm 23 next. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New, new, new music from Mercy Me. Grace Got You. Miracle by Unspoken. Don't you give And the answer from Jeremy Camp. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Individual results may vary. Sophia went through a lot of tutoring and got minimal results. For her ADHD, she was almost off the charts. None of the typical therapies met her needs. We felt like we were constantly playing catch-up. There was great guilt, like I had done something wrong. I hadn't taught my child what she needed to learn. She wasn't functioning in society. I knew, I knew this was going to be the solution. 
Brain Balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask the problems, it actually addressed the issue. That little girl that wants to do well, that wants to please, that wants to make the right choices, is actually able to make the right choices and to please now. This is not my kid anymore. This is this totally different kid. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. It has completely completely changed our lives. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. Next time you empty the dustbin on your vacuum, hold it over your nose and take a deep breath. No? I didn't think so. Air Duct Maintenance wishes to point out that whatever's in there, dirt, pet hair, allergens, is also in your ducts. When's the last time those were cleaned? The Air Duct Cleaning Specialists at Air Duct Maintenance use the most powerful cleaning process around to leave you breathing easier with upfront pricing and fast, courteous service. Start breathing clean, healthy indoor air today. Visit airductmaintenance.com. GEICO presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. You can't predict when a pipe will burst, but when one does, you'll have quite a mess on your hands. So today, I'll show you how to prep for water damage by covering everything you own in plastic wrap. All you need is a lot of patience and 15,000 feet of plastic wrap. Now let's get started. You could try to protect your stuff by covering it in plastic wrap, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? Word FM hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at wordfm.com now to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at wordfm.com. Pastor Bill Glaze is with us. William Glaze has been the pastor of Bethany Baptist Church in Pittsburgh since July of 1990. Pastor Glaze served as pastor of Greenspring Baptist Church in Brookneal, Virginia, associate pastor of New Testament Baptist Church in Arvonia, Virginia. Pastor Glaze hosts Anchored in Jesus, heard at 7 p.m. daily, Monday through Friday here at Word FM. Pastor Glaze is the founder and dean of the Pittsburgh Layman's Bible Institute, offering certification in biblical counseling and other Bible-based certificates. Bill, my friend, how are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful on on this rainy day in Pittsburgh. Yes, it is indeed. Very much so. And I guess some little high winds are headed our way as well. Uh, You know, all things considered, it beats the snow, but here here we are, right? Uh, March is upon us. Right. You're right. You know, and uh, I I, I always always remind people, I don't know if you were here at at that time. You probably were. The blizzard of 93. uh, That actually happened in March. So. Oh, I know. I do remember this. Yeah, I was here. Okay, so so you, you know that we're not out of the woods. Oh yeah. no, 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 no! I believe me. I got my uh, shovels and bags of salt ready to go in a moment's notice. So, all right. So listen, uh, you, you come today to talk to us about Psalm twenty-three. Uh, what do you have when the Lord is your shepherd? This is wonderful. I mean, I think for the most part, if even people who are not believers in Christ would at least know the first line of Psalm twenty-three. Yes. That's right. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yes. And when you think about even his people, you know, do we really know him as our shepherd? You know, David, when uh, he wrote this psalm, you know, I believe that he was reflecting upon his time in the hills 
of Bethlehem when he watched the sheep. And then he thought about how uh, the shepherd takes care of the sheep, and then he wanted to relate that to how God takes care of his people. Hmm. And so it's a very stark analogy uh, that we look at God as our shepherd. And in order to have God as your shepherd, you know, you have to know God from a personal uh, standpoint. I don't know if you heard the story about uh, there was this big banquet, and uh, there were people there from uh, Hollywood, and, and there was a, a old black preacher there. And, and so they asked the guy from Hollywood, because they knew he was a great orator, they asked him to come up and quote the 23rd Psalm. And, and so he said, I'll quote it on one condition. He knew this uh, black minister in the congregation, I mean, in the audience that evening. He said, I'll quote it if he comes up and quotes it, too. So the actor, you know, went up and quoted it, you know, with all the eloquence and, you know, all the, the, the zeal of, of the language. And people just stood up and applauded. Yes. And uh, the old uh, black pastor came up. Uh, he quoted the 23rd Psalm. And when he got done, people just stood there, I mean, just sat there and cried. And so they asked the actor, you know, how come when you did it, people stood up and applauded, and when he quoted it, people just, you know, started crying. He said, because I know the 23rd song, but he knows the shepherd of the song. Oh. And so when you, when you think about, you know, the 23rd song, you know, it's one thing, like you said, John, I mean, you hit it right on the head. You know, everybody, pro, you know, unsaved people know the 23rd song, yeah. but do you know the shepherd of the song? Yeah, that's really it, right? I mean, and in our modern world, because you talked about this, you know, um, we we're not agricultural. We're, we we the, the idea of a shepherd for a lot of us is you know kind of foreign. So to right. think about someone who is that shepherd, that calm guiding force who brings his flock together, and when you know his job is to keep everybody. In line, when someone strays, the shepherd goes and does his job and brings back that sheep and makes sure that everybody's following along on the same page. But we've kind of lost that. There's not really a a 21st century equivalent of what a shepherd would be today. Well, you know, you think of, uh, you know, what what just happened in our news recently, the the death of Billy Graham. Yeah. And, you know, he, he seemed like, you know, just, you know, over those years, he spanned, you know, presidents from Truman, you know, all the way up until today. And, 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 and they kind of saw him, you know, every president that was in the White House, you know, kind of called uh, him, you know, for counsel. And, you know, in times of trouble, they, you know, they uh, resorted to him. So, you know, he, he was kind of that, you know, that shepherding voice uh, in our country yes. you know, with our presidents. But like you said, you know, we don't necessarily, you know, have that. So, you know, even when Billy Graham was doing it, you know, as individuals, you know, we have to look beyond Billy Graham and we have to look to the great shepherd, you yes. know, the, the, the father in heaven. And, and like you said, I, I think that, you know, we've you know, gotten away from that and, you know, we've depended on other things as our shepherd. Mm-hmm. You know, we've depended upon our bank accounts. We've depended upon our education. You know, we've, we've resorted to all these different things and we've lost the true meaning of, of what it means to, you know, have God as our shepherd. You know, I, I like that song uh, in the garden that says he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own and the joy we share that we tarry there, none other has ever known. That's, that. that's what it means to have a shepherd, you know, just that, that intimacy and that closeness, you know, with God. And as you even look back over the 23rd Psalm and you see the different aspects of when the Lord is your shepherd, that, you know, uh, that you have a peace, you know, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. You know, he leads me beside the still waters. You know, one thing about a sheep, 
you know, a sheep uh, will not drink from a river because if they put their, you know, face down in the river, the water begins to splash in their face and up their nose. And so the shepherd leads them to still waters. And when you think about our lives and how we just rush around and, you know, w- without a shepherd, you know, we just go here and there. And, but, but when we make God our shepherd in the midst of our, our rushing, in the midst of our busyness, you know, he leads us to those still waters. You know, we, we often want to drink from the river. But, but God wants to lead us to the still waters. Very nice. Pastor Bill Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church. Bill, would you take a minute and just go through the whole process? You know, I always, I always like to think, I always hope that people are out there right now, someone's driving in their car, they don't know the Lord at all. They've never opened a Bible in their life. They know the first line, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But would you recite the rest of it, please? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So what do you have? When you have the 23rd Psalm, when you have the Lord as your shepherd in your life, in the center of that, what do you have, Bill? You have, uh, I would say, you know, there's many things that you have. You have divine provision. The Lord provides for you. I shall not want. You have divine peace. He makes you lie down in green pastures. You have divine protection, and that is, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You have divine preparation. Uh, He anoints, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And then you have divine pleasures. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So there's so so much richness uh, when you have the Lord as your shepherd. Amen to that. You know, when you when you see that, when you hear that, when I I just close my eyes and have you speak the truth of that, the wisdom of that, the power of that beauty. I, I need that. To, I need that every second of every day of my life, and I know that I need it. And I want my my wife and my children, my friends, my family, everybody around me to have it. And you know, this deep and strong and brutal, hurting world. Now more than ever, we need to hear that. I mean, right. the 23rd Psalm, it should be plastered on the sides of buildings. It should be tattooed on people's hearts. But right, instead, right. we turn away. If we turn away from it, John, and that's so, so sad. And, 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 you know, again, I think that even sometimes we as Christians, you know, we need to, to take the next step and not just know about the shepherd, but get to know the shepherd. And uh, when you do that, you know, you have that confidence that, that he's with you. You know, you, 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 John, you never know when you're going to receive some bad news. You know, uh, some lady will get the news that she has cancer. You know, somebody will get the news that, you know, just think what happened in Florida, you know, yeah. uh, 17 children. Uh, you know, and, and in times like that, you know, and I've heard it said over and over again, just listening to the, the television and people talking about what happened in Florida. And, and one of the things that they said is that sometimes there's just no words to, to bring for comfort. And, you know, it's at those times that you need a shepherd. You just need somebody that spiritually you can draw close to 
to just help you walk through that situation. Amen to that. You know, Doc. So, Bill, you know, last month we did this series, uh, this conversion series, and you were part of that where you, you told your story. And I'm sure people say to you, oh, Pastor, yeah, sure, it's easy for you to recite this 23rd Psalm and talk about the Lord as my shepherd because God's been in your life all your life. But the fact of the matter is there was many times you and me share the same story that God wasn't with us. I mean, God was with us, but we didn't want to know God. We just we just disavowed the presence of God in our lives. That's that's correct, and uh, you know I shared my testimony, and one of the things that I said in the testimony is that you know before I came to the Lord, you know I was out there, you know dealing with the the worldly life, and a part of that was was dealing with drugs. So you know I, I haven't always been you know a, a pastor, and I haven't always been right with God, and so we just uh, thank Him that you know the shepherd uh, John leaves the ninety and nine to come and get that one, and I thank God that He left the flock. It came after me. Amen to that. Hey, Bill, uh, here we are, March 1st. Easter's coming before you know it. Talk to us about Bethany Baptist Church. Uh, how's the congregation? What do you do when you gather? Okay, well, you know, as, as I've uh, been telling you guys, uh, you know, we're, we're building a new sanctuary. Nice. And, uh, and it's, uh, the outside is just about uh, completed, so then we'll, we'll move to phase two. So that's the big thing going on here, but we do have services you know, coming up celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, you know, we have a, a Thursday service where we get together and, you know, remember the uh, the Passover that Christ celebrated with the disciples. You know, we have the, the Friday when, you know, he was crucified. And then we look forward to that Sunday morning when he rose from the dead. I'm into that. Well, Bill, thanks an awful lot. It's always a great pleasure. I call you my friend, a brother in Christ. You're always welcome here. Thank you, brother. My pleasure. Pastor William Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church. He is uh, anchored in Jesus, 7 o'clock, Monday through Friday, here on Word FM. Walgreens has good news for anyone managing diabetes. We've got your back. That's right. Walgreens pharmacists are here to consult with you in person and answer any questions you may have about new and existing medications. You can even get free advice from our trusted experts day and night at Walgreens.com or the mobile app. Walgreens has all major brands of diabetes testing supplies like AccuCheck and Walgreens Trumetrics. That's not just good news, it's great news. Stop by and talk to your Walgreens pharmacist today. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. The 16th annual presentation of the inspiring musical passion play, He's Alive, will be presented at the Capitol Theater Wheeling, March 23, 24, and 25, Palm Sunday weekend. Free admission, no reservations. He's Alive, Friday and Saturday night performances, 7.30, and Palm Sunday matinee, 3.30. He's Alive. 304-233-4470 for more information. There are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping, like today. Try three months of martial arts training for half the price. Sankusi Martial Arts offers this $180 value for just 90 bucks. Christian-owned Sankusi Martial Arts equips students mentally, physically, and spiritually as they develop discipline and self-control. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping.
becoming very windy tonight and colder with rain followed by snow later tonight into tomorrow morning, leaving behind a slushy inch or two of accumulation. Winds can gust upwards of about 55 miles an hour, low tonight 32. The rest of tomorrow will stay quite windy, mostly cloudy 39, partly cloudy and brisk tomorrow night 25 degrees, mostly sunny Saturday with a high of 40. I'm AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. Kath has the day off. I believe that she went to the movies. She went and saw The Greatest Showman again. I think, is that the third or fourth time that she's seen that movie? Mike, uh, you're a fan of The Greatest Showman. You've seen it just one time? Just once. Yeah. But I'd love to go see it again. I saw it uh, a couple weeks ago. I liked it. I didn't love it. You didn't love it? No. I mean, it was a good movie. It wasn't, you know, cast like over the top. She bought the soundtrack, and she's walking around the halls here at Word FM singing the songs out loud. Um, it's fine. But, you know, just I wasn't crazy about it. I love it. I'm a huge fan. I'm really? singing I'm singing around the studio myself. <laughs> I can't get enough of this. So The Greatest Showman, essentially, not really the true story, but it is the story of P.T. Barnum, who Correct. was, of you know, the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. Uh, it is a, a, a for a lot of movies, of course. You know, they, they say based on actual events. Right. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you read the story, if if you know the story in some ways of P.T. Barnum, that was that was a rough character. <laughs> sure, was. Uh, it was a rough character. So the, this musical puts little um, you know fairy dust and wings on his on his shoes. It's not the P.T. Barnum I think who who walked this earth at one time. Yeah. However, Hugh Jackman himself does a very nice job portraying uh, P.T. Barnum, and the songs are catchy. Oh. He's he's such a great actor. Anything he does is yeah. just knock out of the park. It's very, very nice, yeah. So the Academy Awards are uh, Sunday. I think I'm going to skip the Academy Awards uh, for the first time in a long time. Generally because, you know, I'm a movie aficionado. I like to check it out. Uh, the, the weird politics, the self-aggrandizement, all that sort of notwithstanding. I'm going to skip it this week. I don't believe you. I am, for sure. You know why? I'm going to see Crowder. Crowder is in concert Sunday night at the Carnegie Music Hall in... Um, in Homestead, and uh, I got a ticket, so I'm going to go check them out. That's a good excuse. I think it is, yeah. I'm going to go praise the Lord instead of uh, praising Hollywood <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, uh, listen, uh, some really sad news uh, here in the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, the McGinnis Sisters, they are closing their fabulous stores after more than 70 years in business. Uh, I remember years ago uh, walking into the McGinnis Sisters stores. Uh, boy. And just being sort of overwhelmed by it. I mean, you know, in many ways, they were sort of the prototype. When you walk into Trader Joe's, uh, to a larger degree, Whole Foods, uh, that's what the McGinnis sisters, you know, they were that before Whole Foods and Trader Joe's was. And, you know, just beautiful, interesting cuts of meat and odd things that you would not find at different places. There was a lot of variety, a, a lot of great sort of family, generational thing going on. But they, you know, the landscape is so, so crowded out there uh, for that sort of that foodie kind of thing. That finally, after many years, and of course, the McGinnis sisters themselves, they're getting older, and other family members are not stepping forward. So, we just announced the other day that after more than seven decades, the McGinnis sisters are going to call it quits. And uh, sorry to leave them. Uh, it was the Monroeville and the Brentwood location. They're going to be gone. So, uh, you go to Whole Foods. No, I call it whole paycheck. 
Yeah, it's it too is whole expensive for me. It's a little to me. I mean, I like Whole Foods. What I don't like about Whole Foods is the vibe that everybody. What? Uh, what do you? The vibe to me seems a little a feat, a little um, hipster. Not hipster. A little sort of precocious. Yeah. That what's going on in here is extremely important. Hmm. That my fava beans and all those things that I I need as a staple of my life, it's a little somehow better than you. And uh, I'm going to let you know about it. That's uh, just me. Just from a Swiss fell boy I perspective. I, I do. I get that way. I kind of go, oh, this is a little elitist in here. I'm not sure I feel comfortable. I better go back to, you know, Giant Eagle or Foodland. Save or a Dandy lot. Dollar. Save a lot. Uh, yeah. What is it? Uh, what's what's the one? Oh, Aldi's. Aldi's. Oh, Aldi's. Yeah. You got an Aldi's? Oh, yes. I love Aldi's. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's where I get my fruits and vegetables. Do you really? Oh, yeah. And okay. they have a great gluten-free section, oh, too. Oh, they do. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, Aldi's is a, a, like a whole other uh, world away from Whole Foods, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. my goodness. You can <laughs> it's, get- It's a different crowd. You can get a, a huge pizza pie, like a 16-inch pizza pie for like $3. I've had it. It's I know good, exactly. too. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's pizza, you know? It's, what do you mean it's fine? It's fine. It fills the hole in the it's belly. Good. Is what it does. It's not, it's not great. Ah, Come yeah. on, Mike. Okay, so goodbye to McGinnis Sisters. Hello to Aldi's Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. Take a break. Come back. We're going to talk about higher education, the college. Stick around with that. Uh, Comment Magazine, uh, Doug Sykema. Stick around. W-O-R-D. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com, on ChristianRadio.com, on the next Radio FM chip. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards. The interest on the cards was really high. I was making the minimum payments, but barely. And it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. They did help me learn how to manage my money. Now, you know, we have a house, and we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Holly, and I am debt-free for keeps. one 800 990-6976. Hey, my name's Brand. You ever make a change and then wonder, why didn't I do this a long time ago? That's what's happening for thousands of people with regard to their health care. They're joining MediShare, and then they're wondering, why didn't I already do this? For most members, it costs less than half what they were paying for their old health plan. There's a huge provider network, too. You can customize your plan, and this is awesome. MediShare members can go online with a doctor 24-7, so if you need a prescription for the flu or something, it's so convenient for you and your family. So, yeah, this is one of those why did I wait on this things. And if you don't love your current health plan, you're not stuck with it. You can join MediShare anytime. 
By the way, to give you an idea, the typical savings for a family, about 500 bucks a month. It just makes so much sense. Check it out. They're super easy to talk to. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Homeowners have the perception that they don't want to do windows and doors in the wintertime. Energy swings Donnie Dara. Actually, winter is a fantastic fantastic time to do windows and doors because the prices are lower and we have what we call warm installations meaning a lot of the work's done from inside your home you don't have this big open gaping hole in your wall you take the old window out you put the new window in the perimeter of the window on the inside and the outside is what takes time to finish and to shim it and square it and make sure it's plump our employee installers they're covered by workers compensation insurance we want to be sure that they are not injured in any way shape or form so the doors or windows they're installed from inside the home, so that makes it a lot safer. So winter is an absolutely fantastic time, fabulous time to invest in windows and doors. And prices are lower at this time of year, too. Right now, get $200 off every window, $500 off every entry and patio door, plus 5% off for word listeners only. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. In our house, we have a boy who is a senior in high school. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been in college, but this this slow crawl forward to uh, higher education, to a college education, to academia, uh, this onslaught of minutia, of flyers and postcards and catalogs and emails and phone calls and college fairs and you name it. I mean, it's been going on now, I think probably since early or midway through the freshman year. And now we are at the pinnacle, right, where there has been applications and money exchanging hands and, you know, the fretful waiting for the uh, the letter of acceptance or not, all that. If you've had a child in college, if you yourself has gone to college, you know what that dance is like. So when you get there, when you finally ascend into college, then what? Well, um, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? Depending upon where you go and what your expectations, what you hope to get out of it. Doug Sikkim is with us. Doug is the comment um, managing from Comment Magazine. Doug is the managing editor. And uh, there's a piece in this edition, this uh, quarterly edition of Comment Magazine called What the University Can and Cannot Do. Doug, uh, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, John. Thanks so much for having me. I'm uh, doing well. Yes. Well, thank you. So, Doug, in this uh, the current issue of Comet Magazine, you had a conversation with a, a professor from a, a college in Canada. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, that's right. Um, so I had a conversation with um, Dr. Randy Boyagoda, who is um, he's the principal of uh, U of T St. Mike's. So St. Mike's College is actually a, a distinctly Catholic college on the sort of periphery, on the edge of the larger, uh, well, the largest research university in, in, in Canada, the University of Toronto. Um, and we were really intrigued by that model because uh, Randy is um, distinctly Catholic. He wants a distinctly sort of Catholic vision for uh, St. Mike's, but then operating with sort of this porous boundary between what you'd call a secular mainstream um, institution. So we were just intrigued to, to know exactly how how that was going. So yeah, our conversation sort of ranged uh, through all kinds of things, exciting things that they're they're doing uh, there at St. Mike's, um, particularly how they sort of maintain 
a certain integrity of their identity while also being overheard by students who maybe don't share their faith or, or might even be hostile to that. And uh, what you get in the interview, there's sort of two parts, one that will be in the print uh, version of our issue and then also an online piece, um, is that he's actually exhilarated by that and, and uh, sees that as a real blessing for his call to sort of have a Christian college um, in Canada today. I see. So, so there's a large secular university bumping up against a, uh, a smaller Christian university, and in that inherent tension, like living in the same neighborhood, there I'm sure is good and bad things exchanged on, on both sides, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is actually something unique. Um, I mean, I know in Oxford you have sort of Oxford University. It's made up of all smaller colleges. Um, here as well you have the University of Toronto, and then within that sort of brand, if you will, or, or the, 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 the system or the institution, you'll have something like St. Michael's College, you'll have Wycliffe. Um, I myself am doing a PhD at Waterloo University, but my supervisors are part of a smaller outfit called St. Jerome's. So they have these sort of distinct identities um, under the umbrella of the bigger institution. I see. So when you did your undergrad work, did you go to a Christian college? I did. I went to Redeemer University. And so what was that like? You were looking for this what? This integration of the life of faith and the life of the mind, the two things together. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I had gone to actually to a Christian grade school in high school, and I said the number one, like when I when I leave here, I'm going to get outside of our bubble. I want to I want to actually go to a secular university, and I had sort of put applications into some of the bigger universities in, in Canada. And then I had a, a high school teacher in my grade 12 year who, ha- who was a Redeemer graduate, and he just sort of went through what they were learning, who they were studying under, um, and, and he said there's nothing sort of insulated about a distinctly Christian university. You're going to be reading all kinds of great texts from Christians, from non-Christians, and the benefit is you're going to be doing it in a community that's it's quite small. It's, it's sort of within human limits. Hmm. You'll get uh, real professors one-on-one, um, and, and I actually had an identical twin brother who, who went to uh, Queen's University, and it was a great experience for him, but he didn't really get one-on-one attention till his fourth year. Oh, that's interesting. And I know now, like, even going through Waterloo, that that one-on-one attention with senior scholars and, and, and the actual academics is actually a very rare thing for a lot of university students right out of the gate. You won't get that till maybe third or fourth year seminars. So the, the sort of small liberal arts college was, was really what... Um, motivated me. And in our conversation, uh, Randy said that, that, that sort of the pursuit of wisdom happens sort of in that community. And I think that's one of the things that smaller liberal arts colleges can do is sort of foster that community at a, a very human uh, level. The pursuit of wisdom. Oh, that's interesting. So um, certainly in a secular setting, there is not a lot of conversation about wisdom, is there? Um, I don't know. It depends on how you define wisdom, I guess. Yeah. Right. So, so then, in the petri dish of you and your identical twin, right? I mean, you two together most of your life, but then uh, at college you separated. He went secular, you went Christian. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure your experience of wisdom was different than his experience of wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we we often kind of because he actually it's funny we sort of crisscross. I did my master's degree and PhD in a secular university, hmm. um, and he went and did his, uh, a master's at Baylor University um, to sort of get the Christian approach and and. What he, what we both sort of realize is that in that Christian environment, one of the one of the things you get is a different kind of friendship, um, where you you are wrestling and exploring with ideas um, 
with people of like mind and with, with the sort of same shared assumptions, which can be a real benefit, especially when you're younger. I mean, at the, the, your early 20s, and, and you're not quite sure-footed yet on where you stand on a lot of things, to sort of have that, I don't want to use the word safe space, but that sort of shared commitment to explore these from uh, a center that actually holds um, was actually very helpful. And, and he had the experience at Queen's where it was a little bit more alienating because you never know where different people are coming from. And I think one of the things that Randy talked about, that what St. Mike's offers those students uh, at their college is to have that grounding so when they sort of lean out into a different class on, on maybe the U of T campus, you can co- sort of come back to this area that's sort of bounded by shared assumptions and yeah. beliefs and, and faith commitments that um, can sort of yeah, keep you oriented. Yeah, you know, I, I get that reluctance in some ways to you know to define that as a safe space, but you know, essentially that, that's what it is, right? Where where there is a parameter, there is a frame around where you are in your faith and your education, and it's okay because I, I would imagine within that, and I again in the same way as you, to to have that safe space, you can drill down into those places you want to go without fear of reprisal from other people. Kind of going, well, that's kind of nutty, or how Christian of you, or you know, it's yeah. it's not exactly you know a, the thing that you want to hear as you try to get your act together as a young man or a young woman. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's one of the one of the interesting things that I've been finding, especially as I try to find my feet with my own research in a secular institution, is what kind of language I can use. And, and a lot of people have the assumption outside of those smaller Christian colleges is that they're so constrained and constraining. Um, when my own experience is actually when you're in those communities and you sort of understand the edges and the boundaries from which you work, that it's it's within those limits that you have maybe the greatest freedom, um, and 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 we, as you know, with different discussions with comment, that's one of the things we kind of keep coming back to is that true freedom is not freedom from constraint. It's sort of freedom within the right constraints, yes. and and belief is one of those amazing constraints out of which you can explore all kinds of fascinating questions. Yes, managing editor of Comment Magazine, Doug Sikkim is with us. So, Doug. Uh, since you're working on your PhD and your brother's the same way, you're talking to a lot of different people, I'm sure, fascinating conversations over the life of your, your educational uh, process. What about, you hear this phrase, a classical education bandied about. Can, can you talk about that, about what exactly a classical education means and that still happens in today's 21st century world? Yeah, are you talking now uh, sort of a classical at the, the higher ed level, or like the, the sort of the classical school movement? Yes, no, at, at a higher at, at a higher level, right? Yeah, so classical, um, the way I understand it, is is sort of a going back to the great text, going back to to the sources, yes, um, uh, and not letting so much of what we know be mediated by secondary and tertiary sources. So that you, you and it's interesting how much of even higher ed today relies on textbook sort of mediations. So it's like, well, we don't really read Plato, but we read certain scholars on Plato. We don't actually get into the, the main sources. So I know that uh, at U- University of Virginia, for instance, even at Redeemer, they're sort of rewriting a lot of the core curriculum so that students have this classical understanding of what were the great texts and, and actually learning how to negotiate them and understand them and read them um, directly without sort of this mediation that always has to happen. Right. And, and so that's really important today, right? Now, if you're going to d- develop a great mind, a free-thinking mind within that frame that we talked about earlier, you need that classical thread through it, I, I would think, yes? Well, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the idea of understanding um, 
where you are and when you are. And, and, and again, classical sometimes has negative connotations. Sure, sure. Sort of this dead tradition, and, and especially today, I mean, why study a whole bunch of old white dead men, right? Um, and one of the things I love with, and again, in that conversation with Randy, is this focus on, you could say, the, the sort of the classics or maybe even just the great tradition. And it's that the tradition is always a living thing. And I think of that, that great T.S. Eliot uh, essay, right? Tradition and the individual talent. Yes. And he's talking about artists and writers. Um, but I think his, his main point is only when I know that tradition of which I'm a part can I make a meaningful contribution to it. And once I do that, the whole tradition sort of shifts because there's now a new element. And the whole tradition maybe changes in light of what we're creating today in the present. Hmm. That's good. I mean, in the meantime, there's a lot to be said for old white dead men who had wisdom and virtue and um, and knowledge to pass along to other generations. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think that that term kind of gets bandied about when it's like, well, was Augustine any of those things? Right. Like it's it's just kind of this funny moniker for deriding the past. And again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to what we talked about, sort of deconstructing and breaking down that tradition. Um, in the second half of our interview, actually with with Randy, he has this really interesting. Uh, sort of analogy, and he says so much of higher education today is built on the adrenaline rush that comes with breaking things, um, right? And, and whether it's deconstructing the past and, and sort of deriding the, 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 the great text from which come. And that's not to say we can't be critical. Sure. Uh, it's to, to say that maybe we have to listen to them and understand them, and then actually think of ways that we can meaningful, meaningfully contribute to the tradition instead of just being left with, endless questions that don't yield any answers, uh-huh. endless deconstruction that leads to no fruitful, creative construction. Right, like a dog chasing its tail, what's the point, around and around we go. Doug Sikama, a Comet Magazine Managing Editor. Hey, Doug, uh, for the last minute or so here we've got left, talk about yeah. Comet Magazine. I mean, because the, even the word itself, magazine, when you look at the media landscape today, a magazine, and especially something like Comment, which is a quarterly magazine, uh, it's a deep intellectual and spiritual dive, um, clearly a labor of love in your life. People, yeah. it kind of falls under the radar for a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. So Comment is probably the, the best magazine you're not reading yet, if you're not subscribed to it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it is. It's a, it is a labor of love. I know we have a small uh, team that we love to sort of punch above our weight class. But it's, it's rooted in, uh, like you said, intellectual depth as well as theological depth. And sort of where we can hit that sweet spot of really challenging people to think, um, think through different aspects of social life, whether that is what is higher education, what's it for, healthcare, um, how can we improve it, what's it about, and then how does that overlap with some of the, the best thinking in our 2,000 years of, again, the Christian tradition of social thought, um, rooted in our, our Christian convictions, but always with uh, an ear to being overheard by people who are skeptics, people who are maybe outside of our, our, our tribe. So that's that's sort of what we we aim for each, each issue. And, um, yes. Yeah, it is. It's definitely a labor of love. It's fan- fantastic. You aspire to that, and more often than not, you hit the bullseye. So, uh, people want to find Comment Magazine. It clears, clearly, there's a print edition, but there's also online as well. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Comment Magazine on the web where? It's at slash uh, comment and um, our higher ed issue ships out next week. So there's actually still about two or three days to get on the mailing list. So if you want, just hit the subscribe button. It's Yeah, traffic. It is what it is. 
Missed concerts, football games, lots of cold dinners, and cold shoulders from Cindy. How much longer do I have to do this? Kids miss me. Cindy misses me. Our marriage is missing me. With a financial strategy from Kurt Knodek. There he was on the radio again. Kurt Knodek. Sooner than they planned. Yeah, retire sooner. So I called Kurt. We just talked about life, family. It felt right. Then come to find out, Kurt's personalized retirement planning showed me retirement wasn't as far off as I thought. Now the only thing I'm missing is the traffic. Do you need a financial strategy for retirement? Let's talk. Accurate Solutions Group, 412-515-3355. That's 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services offered through Accurate Solutions Group, Inc. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. This is Ron Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. We are often contacted by people who are shopping for price via phone or online before actually going out to buy. We're happy to give out that information because we can save you hundreds of dollars over the national brands. But price alone means nothing. What are you getting for your money? How good are the quality and support of the mattress? At the Original Mattress Factory, we sell value. What is value? Value is the combination of price and quality. A manufacturer can make and sell a mattress for almost any price. After all, removing components and using cheaper materials does lower the cost, but it also compromises quality. So the price may be low, but the actual value will be even lower. When you shop at our store, we show you the value, the quality that you can see and touch. Buying on price alone is self-defeating. Cheap is cheap. Value is what counts, and our mattresses are the best value. Check them out at an original mattress store near you and experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. Showcase your business, meet local customers, and make new connections at the 2018 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo. Friday, March 16th from 4 to 8 p.m. and Saturday, March 17th from 11 to 4 at the Block Northway, formerly Northway Mall. Free and open to the public, this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 70 area businesses together a pittsburgh north regional chamber of commerce event details at pghnorthchamber.com so the weatherman telling us a little more snow is headed our way you know with all the rain we've had recently and of course more rain's headed as well uh, how about these landslides that have hit i mean boy, you gotta feel really bad whether it's in the west end you saw that poor woman's house was condemned the other day and over in the squirrel hill as well I mean, the mud just comes down and buries people's homes quickly and rocks that foundation. And, you know, the truth is that most insurance policies don't cover homes damaged by landslides in Pittsburgh because in the old days it was kind of a rare thing. Now, maybe perhaps less, you know, more and more it's happening. But most insurance companies, they just kind of shrug their shoulders. So I guess, you know... As you go out there and you're looking to buy a house, whether it's a, a new build or you know an existing structure, you kind of look at well, what's around me? Am I going to be okay here when you know this uh, the rains and the snows and all that shakes up the foundation? So, God bless those people because it's a loss, right? You're paying a mortgage on a pile of mud. 
How does that work? Brutal. Hey, stick around. we got a lot more ahead for the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about uh, the Boy Scouts of America. We're going to talk about sacraments. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about a lot. So uh, stay with us. We're just going to do a quick news update here in a few minutes. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Stocks turned sharply lower today as talk of steep tariffs on steel and aluminum unnerved investors. President Trump says he's going to take care of what he says is an unfair trade situation with China for U.S. steel and aluminum producers. Steel and aluminum, we'll see a lot of good things happen. We're going to have new jobs popping up. We're going to have much more vibrant companies. And then the rest is going to be up to management to make them truly great. If you could ever make U.S. steel like it used to be, we'd be very happy. Wall Street wasn't happy with the notice, however, as the Dow Jones Industrial Average plunged 420 points at the close of trading today. It closed at 24,609. The Nasdaq Composite Index was lower by 42 points, with the S&P 500 down 36. Oil dropped 65 cents to $60.44 a barrel. This is SRN News. Hi, it's me, Marsha, at the Springhouse. Did you know Easter's springing up on us? And quickly, too. Do you know what that means at the Springhouse? Well, first of all, it means you can enjoy the freshest, tastiest fried or baked cod every Friday night on the farm. It also means it's time to call and order your Springhouse Easter goodies. Our hickory-smoked hams are extra special. We use only real hickory wood from the farm to slowly smoke these old-fashioned treats to perfection. Order a whole or half, and we'll send along cooking instructions, too. Mmm, how about Springhouse scalloped potatoes and homemade applesauce to go without ham? Finish off your meal with a from-scratch Springhouse coconut cream pie or custard pie or a chocolate log cake. Oh, and you can even decorate your table with our adorable bunny breads and eat them, too. Easter also means our annual Springhouse Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday feast. Check us out at springhousemarket.com for all the details. Celebrate this most joyous holiday at the Springhouse in 84, Pennsylvania. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Everyone is talking about health care these days. America spends twice that of other developed countries on our health care system, yet our health ranks near the bottom. How can we stop spending so much and getting so little? By shifting to a system that gives more patients access to strong primary care. Primary care can help make America healthy again. To learn more about the benefits of primary care, visit www.healthisprimary.org. This message is brought to you by America's Family Physicians. 
It's a new year. Time to eat right, get healthy, and quit radon for good. U.S. Radon Professionals remind you that only smoking causes more lung cancer deaths. Nearly half of all Western PA homes have this silent killer. And just because your neighbor doesn't is no guarantee you don't. Get your home tested. It's cheap, easy, and if you need mitigation, U.S. Radon Professionals doesn't cut corners to ensure the safety of your home guaranteed. If you can quit smoking, you can quit radon at usradonpros.com. Becoming very windy tonight and colder with rain followed by snow later tonight into tomorrow morning, leaving behind a slushy inch or two of accumulation. Winds can gust upwards of about 55 miles an hour. Low tonight, 32. The rest of tomorrow will stay quite windy, mostly cloudy, 39. Partly cloudy and brisk tomorrow night, 25 degrees. Mostly sunny Saturday with a high of 40. I'm AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, welcome along to the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. Kath has the uh, the day off, taking a little uh, rest and recreation. Very nice thing. Snow's coming, rain's coming. It's still winter, isn't it? My shovel's ready. My bags of salt are at the ready. Well, they're saying it maybe uh, 3 to 5 uh, north of us. Three to five inches? Okay. I've yet to make a snowman. Have you made a snowman uh, this winter? Because, you know, it's not winter if you don't make a snowman out there. Have you done a snowman, Mike? I have not. You haven't? No. You got yourself a little boy. He needs a snowman. I know it. Maybe this would be the year for the snowman. Maybe. I mean, this month, this snowfall, okay? Or a slush man, It's going to be the last chance, hopefully. Yeah. No, but it's not going to be the last chance. It's I only March so. 1st, right? we got plenty of winter left. I don't see that. We need a snowman, okay? Hey, um... If you're a believer and you've been in the church for any amount of time, no doubt that you're on a prayer chain. Yeah. You know, you get emails, which is what you think about, you know, all the horrible things that emails use for. One of the best things that emails are used for is to, to get the word out. You know, um, I think I'm on at least four, maybe five of these threads where oftentimes I'm praying for people. I've never met in my life. I have no idea. People halfway around the world, if not all the way, you know, you're praying for people and you kind of go, uh, sometimes it's a little overwhelming. Sometimes it's a little, um, not sometimes it's a little, it's often tragic when you hear people's health concerns or financial concerns or marriage concerns and things are put out there and please pray for person X and they are going through this. Um, I always feel blessed, not to use that word flippantly, lightly. I feel blessed to be part of that. Don't you feel good when you're included in that? You think, I don't even know who you are, and I'm going to go before the Lord of the universe, and I'm going to say, God, please be with this person in their health concerns, and please be with them as they struggle. And, and oh, I just... And, I don't know about you. I, I use a little index card thing that I, you know, I'll write down six or seven things and I'll carry it with me, and you know, then I'll pull it out uh, throughout the day and look at it and go, oh yeah, that that person and that, that guy, and, and take a moment. I don't know. It's not real complex the way I, I, I'm doing things, but I I do appreciate because I I know this that as I am praying for you, 
that you yourself are praying for me, and I certainly need it. So I appreciate any prayers that come my way on your behalf and, and vice versa. So it is a unique, and I don't think, I wonder if there's other, do you think people of other faiths who are not, you know, are not Christian believers, do they do the same thing? Or is this a, strictly a traditional, maybe it's just an American Christian thing that we've evolved into the email prayer chain, which I love very deeply. So <laughs> keep it coming. Right, Mike. Are you part of that? People send you. Are you part of an, uh, an email chain? Oh yeah, yeah. It's good. Right? I love it. You know? I'm, I'm not Catholic, but I love I love the idea of prayer beads. Oh, because you it's a reminder. Beads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them. You have a pair? A pair of rosary beads. Yes, I have more than several. I mean, um, you know, if you, uh, so, I grew up in a, ca- a large Catholic family. I'm, you know, one of seven kids, so there was nine of us yeah. in the house, and you know. Um, I've got my I've got my father's rosary beads, you know, who's long since gone. My father's been dead since 1985. I've got a pair of rosary beads my mother has. You know, they're just, you know, little jars on my dresser and things like that. But occasionally, you know, I'll open up the lid and, I, and I'll touch him and I think, oh, my mom. Yeah, she was praying on that bead. You know, she was going by that. I wonder what she was praying about. Cool. You know, it's just... It's a physical representation of what it is the power of prayer is about as we go around and around in this crazy circle, this, you know, this earth that God has given us to for this short throw of time. So, yeah, I like I like that. Um, oh, yeah. Um, we're going to talk about – it's kind of funny you bring that up, Mike. We're going to talk about sacraments. Sacraments. And that is uniquely uh, – uh, for many people who are Catholic – Right, uh, the sacraments um, are one thing, and for people who are Presbyterian or Anglican or you know other Christian faith traditions, it's um, it's it's probably muted in some ways about what the sacraments are. So in a little bit, we're going to have uh, Jason Sharon join us to talk about what sacraments are and what they are not. That's a, in a, in a little bit. I was looking at um, you know, I like to read. Obviously, you like to read. I mean, I. I I generally have, and I think probably if you're a reader, I generally have four to six books going on at any particular time in my life. Um, my wife, she's the same way. You know, our, our bed, our bedside tables attest to that. Uh, the heartbreak in my life is that as our children were growing up, they were with us. You know, we would spend uh, what I least to love. <laughs> this is this was the heartbreak. This was before tablets and laptops and iPhones invaded our house. But I would love at any time during the the evening we would have these days where we would not turn on the television set. We, innocently enough, in those early days, we would call them screen-free days. With the only screen we basically had was the television set. And so on those screen-free days, we would all sit around and read. And even, you know, long weekends, we would read. Sometimes I'd stick my head up and I'd look over at my wife and she'd be reading something. I look over there. There's that one boy. He's reading something. And then the other boy, he's got something going on there. Um, and But then I made the mistake. I, I, I could kick myself sometimes. I, I guess my kids were maybe 14 or and 14 and 12, I guess would be safe to say. And, you know, I had I had had a phone for many years, uh, you know, since the first iPhone came out. And so they were going that the older boy. Could I could I do that? And I, was, I wrestled that with that like all parents do. And then at some point I acquiesced. Yes. OK. And then it happened. And then even though my wife continued to read and I continued to read when those boys got their phone, that book went away. <laughs> 
I mean, it went away. And we'd go, we're going to go to the library. Let's all, we, we'd do like family trips. Let's all go to the library and, you know, check some stuff out. And they'd walk out there with, you know, eight or 10, 12 titles of, of books. And then they'd bring them home like they always did. And then, you know, in the old days, they'd plow through those books, you know, whatever they're reading, some crazy science fiction or things on rocks or, you know, astronomy and things like that. It was always something really cool going on. I mean, there's nothing like watching kids deep dive into a subject. But then once that phone came, they'd bring those books from the library and they would sit. And I'd say, hey, you guys, what's up, dudes? Come on. Aren't you gonna cry? Oh, yeah, I'm going to get to that. And meanwhile, I'm watching them do, you know, move their finger they're in, and they're scrolling. And I thought, oh, that's it. I've done this. I've, I've, Pandora is out of the box and will never come back. Anyway, through much um, consternation and some on my part, anger, come on, you guys, we instituted once again the screen-free day, which meant turn your smartphones off, no tablets, no laptops, get away, shut that stuff down. Let's read again. So it's come full circle. And I, but I kind of feel like, you know, in the meantime, I've done more damage. I've done more harm than good. So if I had to do it over again as a dad... I would wait until my kids were 40, till I gave them a phone. <laughs> Just saying. So, Mike, yeah, you got a little baby, right? Oh, yeah. Don't let that. I mean, I, I, I was with my nephew. Uh, he came to visit from Virginia over the weekend, and that boy's in first grade. Somebody gave him a, um, not a phone, but a, an iPod. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. Yeah. He's got internet feed now. He's got access. Right. He's got Snapchat. He's in first grade. Someone stop that, please. So I bring that up, and all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, the crazy Christian uncle. Hey, you know, like I know better. But I've made the same foibles. I made the same mistakes. So. We had a, a kid's bookshelf next to the crib. Yeah. So would, when Jonathan would wake up, he would we would be arm's length from him. He'd just pick out a book and just, you As know. a little baby. Yeah. Sometimes he still does that. But one night. He is, just would not stop crying. Yeah. So what'd you do? You give him a tablet. We put on a yeah. We put a tablet in his crib. <sighs> and ever since then it's over. he was uninterested of course in he those is. books. Worst worst mistake. Don't. You still have time to rectify that, Mike. Okay. Hope so. I'm just telling you. Learn from my poor parenting. You know? Don't do as I do. <laughs> okay, take a break. Come back. Uh Jason Sharon's with us. We're gonna talk about sacraments. What exactly are they? And um how best are we involved with the sacraments? Stick around. It's the ride home with John and Kathy. Mine is Kathy here today. Word FM. Next time on Orchard Hill Today. Some people have looked at it and maybe don't like the conclusions, and so they say, I'm just going to take a space that basically says I'm not committed to any particular viewpoint. This week, Dr. Kurt Bjorklund looks at John Chapter 4 in a series of topics that can be considered difficult subject matters of conversation in a series entitled Not for Polite Conversation. Be sure to join us weekday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Orchard Hill Today on 101.5 Word FM. Connor Lamb has been called Nancy Pelosi's hand-picked candidate, and she'll do anything to get him elected. That's because Pelosi knows Connor Lamb will follow her liberal herd. Backed by Nancy Pelosi, Lamb will be a vote for her liberal agenda of higher taxes, more job-killing regulation, and a weaker military. Connor Lamb, he's with her, not us. 
Built American Tough, Rick Saccone. As a U.S. Air Force officer, Rick Saccone defended our country against commandos and espionage from North Korea. As a senior counterintelligence agent in Iraq, Rick Saccone captured and interrogated terrorists. As congressman, Rick Saccone will fight for Pennsylvania jobs and oppose Nancy Pelosi. Rick Saccone protects our families, community, and country. Built American Tough. Rick Saccone. Paid for by NRCC and not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. www.nrcc.org. NRCC is responsible for the content of this advertising. The Bitcoin bubble has popped. But the fact is, the underlying technology behind Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is the most revolutionary breakthrough since the Internet. Do you remember what happened after the Internet bubble? Yeah, now it's a multi-trillion dollar per year industry. This will be no different. And because this bubble has already popped, this is the time to buy low. Investment bankers and wealthy investors are just starting to take this thing seriously. And you should too. A long-term investment in Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, or Ripple could turbocharge your portfolio and change your life. Call Noble Bitcoin to get your free guide to investing in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies with your IRA and 401k. Just call 800-687-5405 and leave your email on the 24-7 voicemail to get Noble Bitcoin's free guide to investing in Bitcoin with your IRA and 401k. Call 800-687-5405. Leave your name and email on the voicemail and we'll send your report right away. That's 800-687-5405. Homeowners have the perception that they don't want to do windows and doors in the wintertime. Energy Swings Donnie Dara. Actually, winter is a fantastic time to do windows and doors because the prices are lower, and we have what we call warm installations, meaning a lot of the work's done from inside your home. You don't have this big, open, gaping hole in your wall. You take the old window out, you put the new window in. The perimeter of the window on the inside and the outside is what takes time to finish and to shim it and square it make sure it's plump. Our employee installers, they're covered by workers' compensation insurance, we want to be sure that they are not injured in any way, shape, or form. So the doors or windows, they're installed from inside the home, so that makes it a lot safer. So winter is an absolutely fantastic time, fabulous time to invest in windows and doors. And prices are lower at this time of year, too. Right now, get $200 off every window, $500 off every entry and patio door, plus 5% off for word listeners only. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. When you say the word sacrament, sacrament, what what does that evoke in you? Do, are there images that come up? Is there what? Um, it, it's a word that's not often used, um, certainly from a Protestant perspective, I don't believe. I mean, but maybe in a deeper perspective for other, other traditions of Christian faith. Father Jason Sharon is with us. Father Sharon joins us from a Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie here today to talk about sacraments. Jace, welcome. Thank you, John, for having me. Thank you. So sacraments. Yeah, the, well, the textbook definition of a sacrament is an outward sign instituted by Christ to convey grace. An outward sign instituted by Christ to convey grace. Grace, yeah. So an example might be like, uh, um, I mean, we, we Catholics believe in, in the Eucharist, right? So, um, uh, or another thing is maybe like uh, baptism. So the outward sign of baptism is water, okay? And uh, it's instituted by Christ because he told his disciples in Matthew 25 to go forth baptizing all nations in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah. And uh, what does it do? 
does it just wash away our, our skin, uh, the dirt off our skin, rather? No, it, it uh, has a spiritual function. It conveys grace, life-giving grace. So what does it symbolize? Water symbolizes life and destruction. And so uh, you know, in the sacrament, it conveys to us a new spiritual life. We become sons and daughters of God, and it uh, the destruction it gives is the, the destruction to the old man. You know, it, it drowns uh, away our sins. Can you be... Can you be a believer and not receive the sacraments? I mean, you know, think about people who, right, who are not part of an established church, but they would say, yeah, I'm a believer in Jesus, but I'm not baptized. I don't take communion. Uh, you know, how does that work? Yeah. I, they'd go hand in hand. I don't know how uh, someone can can enter into the kingdom of God and not be baptized. I, I don't know how that could work. Uh uh, simply out of obedience to the word of Christ, you know, is that unless a man be born again in John 3, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so, um, but at the same time, you know, with this, with uh, uh, the, the the omnipotence of God is that he's not bound by uh, the, the, the the rules and conventions and— uh, Of us. Of us, and um, if if someone has no access to uh, to the sacraments, but they genuinely in their heart and soul, they desire to be godly men and godly women— uh, God can certainly work through that, uh, <laughs> unless he's he's not God, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Of course, God can work in, in any any way He so chooses. So, is there a, um, a, a historical or is there a theological perspective on sacraments that sort of guide you in your life? Well, I just kind of look at you know because I'm a nobody, you know. I'm I'm just a stupid guy who lives two thousand years after Christ did. So, but I like to look at what the the first Christians said, and that that kind of guides me in. Um, you know, knowing uh, uh, how to gauge my sacramental life. Um, and uh, I know for me, initially, when I was looking at this stuff, uh, I was like, you know, why, why don't I just pray and pray on my own? when I was a teenager. Why don't I just pray on my own? Why do I need all these? This these... is before you were a believer. Yeah, I was, on, I was on the, you know, on the steps. The low end of the scale. I was on the steps, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, why, why do I need all this stuff? And I remember reading from a, a Christian leader in the 4th century, um, and uh, this Christian leader in the 4th century, uh, St. Leo, he said uh, regarding the sacraments, because someone posed the same question to him in the 4th century, he said uh, the sacraments um, are, are this. What was visible in the life of our Savior has now passed in to the invisible sacraments of today. So what Christ made present to the people at his time um, in his Paschal mystery, in his very his life, death, and resurrection, that has now passed into the invisible in the sacraments. So when Christ said at the Last Supper, "Do this in memory of me," right? We, we of course, two thousand years later, we still do this in memory of Christ. Absolutely, um, and we do this in terms of, uh, I mean, with with someone who's sick. I mean, we read in in James chapter five. You know, the the prayer of a sick man will. Um, uh, the the prayer of a sick man will will uh, I'm trying to think of the exact word here. Uh, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, um, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. That's uh, James chapter five. So uh, you know there's that sacramental aspect as well, not just the Eucharist and baptism, but even when someone's sick. You know at all all, all stages of the spectrum of life. Yes, uh, Christ is there, and it's not as though. Uh, these sacraments have have uh, standing in and of themselves, but it's the Paschal mystery of what Christ did in his uh, life, his death, and his resurrection. And that's like a big storehouse, a big bank of grace. And we call 
we call that storehouse of grace down upon our loved ones when they're sick, when they're, uh, they want to have a deeper spiritual life in baptism, when they want to get married, uh, when they want to turn away from their old life and, and turn, turn back to Christ and they confess. Uh, we call down that storehouse of grace, and each of those moments is called a, a sacrament. But what's interesting is that there are many people who write, we're in the body of Christ. But within the body of Christ, something like uh, the sacrament of communion, how someone who is uh, Anglican or Presbyterian would look and use communion is different than someone who is Catholic would use a communion, even though it's the same sacrament. Yeah, um, that that's kind of a touchy one because I know all of your listeners might not have the same you know appreciation theological of, spine to it. Right. Yeah. So so um, uh, I, I mean we believe in in the lordship of, of Jesus Christ that He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, um, and uh, even in a family, a tight knit family, you're going to have you know among yeah, yeah. The, the best of siblings who don't squabble, they're going to have some differences. Sure. This is how I do things. You do things differently. Yeah. And and so I I, I know among our uh, our. Our, my fellow Christians, uh, like my own mother, who's a, who's a Baptist, uh, that um, you know they don't agree with with what uh, the Church teaches on what the Catholic and Orthodox Church teach on on the Eucharist. But but we believe that uh, it is really and truly the body and the blood, the soul and the divinity of Christ. And uh, part of the reason for it is, I mean, he said it. You know, if, if he says this is my body, then who am I to, to contest that? As Saint Cyril said in the in the fourth century. Um, but also because, uh, uh, I mean, we're not raccoons. We're not just made up of bodies, and we're not angels, right? We're not just pure spirits. We're body and soul. We're enfleshed souls. And so if God's going to feed us, then there has to be an aspect of that feeding that's both physical and spiritual, and uh, that, that's what we have in communion. You, know, you can touch it, yeah. Uh, is it physical? It is. Does it smell like bread? Yeah. Um, does it go beyond that? Yeah. Does it go to the spiritual? Yeah. So it's both and. Yeah. Is it either or? No, it's not either this or that. It's both and, right. just like Christ was both human and divine. And there's the mystery of faith. That's the mystery of faith there, yeah. That's the mystery of the church. Um, so we also, now in a, in a broader sense, is uh, you know the, the, the church itself, the, the, the body of Christ on earth, that's a sacrament. You know, in the broad sense, the church is a sacrament. And what do we mean by that? It, it is a vessel. The, bo- the whole, the entity of the church. The, 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 the church, the bride of Christ, that is a sacrament. Um, if you think of like a, uh, I don't know, your house and you have a spigot on the outside of your house yeah. and you, uh, you know, put a hose on there and you, you can direct the, the water from that spigot with that hose onto your neighbor's lawn, onto your bad neighbor if they're really annoying you, <laughs> you know, on the kids when they walk by. You wash um, the car. And you wash the car <laughs> of the garden. And uh, uh, that's an analogy to help us understand the church. And uh, a sacrament is that which conveys or carries the, the life-giving water of Christ's grace into different areas and, 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 and venues of life. Uh, that's what the church is. So we need the sacraments, right, to uh, embolden us, enable us to draw closer. Yeah, it, it is our lifeline, like an umbilical cord, to Christ Himself. So it's not as though this blessed water or this blessed oil is is better than Christ. No, but because Christ wants to use those things, who am I to object to it? And uh, that's our lifeline to His life giving uh, grace. Um, and uh, yeah, I. I 
I, I find it such a, a beautiful uh, thing that I always have him present in my life at every stage of my life. I went to confession today, first time in, in, in a while, and, uh, you know, I'm feeling cloud nine, you know, because it, clean. it's clean. And it's not as though, you know, the, the man I went to confession to is, 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 is a, you know, Christ. He's a sinner. I'm a sinner. Right. But, but you confess it, your sins to one another. It's the power of the blood of Christ, you know. Um, and that that that's very real in in the sacrament. So my my conscience is clear. And I know there was a psychologist from uh, the nineteen sixties, and his name escapes me. He was a secular a secular psychologist uh, from California. Um, John, uh, anyhow, it's not important. But he uh, someone asked him uh, uh, what's the one thing he would uh, want to thank the Catholic Church for because he was a big critic of the Church. Yeah. And he said uh, the one thing I can thank the Catholic Church for in the Middle Ages is that you know it had the sacrament of confession. What do you mean by that? Well, you had generations of people who could unload their guilt. Is that when they sinned, they always knew that they could go to Christ and they could be forgiven and they could walk free. And we'll never know the amount of freedom that granted whole nations of peoples. And that's true, though, right? Right. There, there is power in the idea that you are ridding yourself of your shame and your guilt by the power of one person transferring that to another and saying, this is who I am in my nakedness, in my, in all my brokenness. Here, take this and absolve me of this because I'll come clean. Right. And, and if we believe that Christ's uh, sacrifice is all-redeeming, then we shouldn't have a problem with that because you know the, the, the formula of, forgive, of forgiveness is done in the name of Christ uh, in, in the Holy Trinity. Um, and uh, uh, I, I find that uh, very powerful. Plus, I mean, Christ himself said you know, to his disciples, his apostles, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins you retain are retained. Uh, that's pretty powerful. That truly is. So, Jace, just a final word then on the sacraments, that no matter what your Christian faith tradition, the sacraments are there for us to draw us closer to Christ, to keep us clean and strong, to embolden the family, and um, whether it is Protestant or Anglican or Baptist or Catholic, they're there for our purpose. If you're part, if you're baptized, you're part of that body of Christ. You are part of that body of Christ. And uh, that's uh, that's the the first step on the ladder is is being uh, is being baptized, and it, it just it's from there it's glory to glory to glory, um, absolutely. I'm into that. Jason Sharon is with us, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church. So, Jason, here it is, uh, March first. Uh, Easter is not that far away. What happens at Holy Trinity as this month moves forward? Well, we'll be uh, praying the prayers of Saint uh, of Saint Basil the Great. Uh, during our liturgy, he's uh, a great, a great uh, saint in in our church, and uh, from the fourth century. And we uh, every Sunday when we pray, we we pray those same prayers uh, that Saint Basil prayed, uh, and it, it's incredibly vivifying in your spiritual life to read those same Christ-centered, Christ-praising, Christ-glorifying words from those Christians in the very early church. So that's what we'll be doing between now and uh, 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 April first. Um, when when Easter comes, um, and fasting, and uh, giving alms, and um, uh, doing good, uh, so that's what we'll be, and pinching pierogies. <laughs> <laughs> that's sacramental as well. <laughs> I love it. The long line of believers, Jason. We're part of that as well. Thanks so much for being with us here today. Thank you, Father Jason Sharon, and uh, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church, Carnegie, Pennsylvania. Always a pleasure.
If you're a mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low trying everything you can. From tutors to counselors, specialists to pills, you've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours. Brain Balance Achievement Centers can make a real difference for your child. Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has trouble making friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at brainbalance.com or call 724-390-9012 today. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, copyright, protect, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book in specialty Christian bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. It could happen, and it all starts with one call to Christian Faith Publishing at 800-566-1012 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. For so long, I'd had that little hidden sin. It was a secret. No one knew. So I'd convince myself it really wasn't hurting anyone. But, but what if my wife or kids found out? Mm. Harmless? It would have ruined me. The problem was, who could I talk to? I needed someone I could confide in. But, but this was so personal. Who could I trust? He found someone to trust, and so can you. We're Faithful Counseling, the world's largest platform for faith-based professional counseling. All of our licensed and experienced counselors are qualified and certified by the state board, and many are trained in addiction counseling. But more importantly, we share your Christian values. Available 24-7 by text, messaging, phone, and video conferencing, all from the comfort of your own home. Try it for the first week free by going to FaithfulCounseling.com and use the invite code word TRUST. That's FaithfulCounseling.com and use the invite code word TRUST to get your first week free. Faithful Counseling, we're here when you need us. Becoming very windy tonight and colder with rain followed by snow later tonight into tomorrow morning. Leaving behind a slushy inch or two of accumulation, winds can gust upwards of about 55 miles an hour. Low tonight, 32. The rest of tomorrow will stay quite windy, mostly cloudy, 39. Partly cloudy and brisk tomorrow night, 25 degrees. Mostly sunny Saturday with a high of 40. I'm AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Many, many years ago, I was a Boy Scout. My two sons, they themselves, Cub Scouts, and then later on, Boy Scouts. It was a wonderful, wonderful environment. Great community, great dads, strong sons, lots of camping and games and a lot of learning going on as well. Great fellowship. A lot of the Boy Scouts 
their hand was forced a few years ago, and uh, they have evolved over these last five years, I think especially, into, into something else. Uh, here to talk to us about that right now is Mark Hancock. Mark is the Chief Executive Officer of Trail Life USA, a Christian outdoor adventure program for boys. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Mark. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Hey. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. Uh, Boy Scouts, um, I think for some people, you know, a passing knowledge about what's happened. Can you go back and sort of, you know, explain the genesis of what's happened to Boy Scouts over the past five or six years? Well, that's kind of the great mystery. Is in uh, 2013 they announced that they were going to allow open and avowed homosexual boys into Boy Scouts, which of course uh, there's probably always been homosexuals in Boy Scouts, but the issue was open and avowed, where yeah. they were going to require their troops to to acknowledge the boys, uh, what we would call sexual confusion. Yeah, I mean, I, Mark, my perspective is be that they were kind of shamed into it. I think you know that their hand was you know the social hand that was dealt them. They you know they, they sort of were boxed into a corner. Well, I, I had an interesting comment from my, my oldest son. You said your boys were in scouting. My, my oldest son was an Eagle Scout. Nice. And he, he got his Eagle the month before Boy Scouts changed their, their policy, and they sent him an email saying, why are you leaving us? And he prayed about it. And he, sent, he sent them a, a three-word response. He said, you weren't brave. And I, I think that's just what it is. In this culture today, if you're going to stand up for right, it really does take a certain amount of courage. And we just didn't, we didn't think that they were displaying the courage that it takes to stand strong in this yeah. culture. I'll buy that. Okay, so then you've got an alternative here because you saw the Boy Scouts evolve into something else, and now it's Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. It's transgendered Boy Scout leaders, and it's become something that's unrecognizable in many ways. So talk to us about what you're doing in response to that. Well, Trail Life USA uh, launched in 2013, 2014, January 2014, and we're now active in 49 states. We have coming up on 27,000 members, nice. 700, 750 churches. So we've seen some pretty rapid um, expansion. About 50% of our troops are formerly Boy Scout troops that are just chartered either by churches or they just decided that they could no longer uh, stay with them. Um, but we have a fully developed program, a uh, great, great bunch of uh, volunteers across the country, about 6,000 adults who are involved in, in, in running, running the program. And does it follow along the same precepts of, of early Boy Scouts, you know, guys who were in scouting, whether it's the scouts themselves or leaders? You would recognize this essentially as that same sort of mold. It is, and in, in that it's, it's outdoor adventure, uh, character, and leadership development, which was a space that Boy Scouts owned for, for, for so long. Um, but the, the difference with us, of course, is we're Christ-centered. Yeah. And, and relatively new difference with us is that we are boy-focused. You know, their latest decision to admit girls. As much as we love girls, we think boys need a program that's dedicated, aimed, designed for them. And we thought, we also found it offensive that they were saying to girls, that award that you got in that other girls program isn't valuable. You have to come over here and get the boy award that I was see. designed by men. For sure. And, uh, and, and so, so we think you know, the, our sister program is American Heritage Girls. They've been around for about 23 years. Yep. Great program. And then the, the boys program that we started, uh, unapologetically Christian is uh, Trail Life USA. You know, one of the heartbreaks that uh, I would see again and again and again when I, we were in scouts 
was that a, a lot of single moms would come in. And, of course, you know, crying out for that model of, of manliness uh, to be in their son's lives. And because, you know, the moms would kind of go, here's my boy, and then leave and, you know, not be part of the scouting tradition because, you know, they, they, were, they were single moms. And so there's that boy, that poor boy just kind of flailing along. But more often than not, you would see those guys, those young kids, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, sort of to soak this up and be surrounded by other men and other, you know, other scouts and go, I have finally found a place here where there's a model, there's a template in place where I understand what it is to be a guy, especially strong men who are willing to sort of put that armor on that boy and say, even though, you know, we're not blood relatives, I'm going to show you what it is and how you can engage and equip yourself in this world to be a good and godly man. And in many ways, this is what you're talking about here with Trail Life, that there is that men are available and in this brokenness where there are so many guys, so many young men who don't have that father influence, there is a place for them to call home. Well, you make a great point. We think that that's a lot of what's going on with this boy crisis that we're seeing today that's, 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 that's being uncovered in so many ways is that boys, boys are missing that, that father mentor. You know, over the years, the, the, the message that men, men are strong and boys need to be strong has just been lost. Yeah. And so we, it's, uh, the best-kept secret is that uh, Trail Off USA not only grows boys, uh, and their fathers, but also boys who don't have fathers, and also men, because men are able to experience these yep. things with their sons and watching other men with their sons, how they raise their sons, and together committed to this to the same values, the same, same principles. And, and the ministry to, to boys without fathers is powerful. I was in Virginia not too long ago at a, at a bonfire after an event, and a, and a mother came up to me and she says, I need to thank you for what it is that you've done. Ten years ago, my husband died. It left me with a two-year-old son. That I, cry, I cried out to God. For a program for godly men that would surround my son. Now he's 12 years old. He's a navigator in Trail of USA. He's surrounded by godly men who are embracing him or teaching him how to be a man. I love and that. That is a win. That is a win. That sure is. Have that going on. And who knows how many times that's being repeated over the country. But you know what? Sure is. Mark Hancock, Chief Executive Officer of Trail Life USA. So, Mark, i, I got to be honest. I don't know if there are Trail Life chapters here in Pittsburgh, but you're growing so rapidly. I'm sure if there, you know, there, there's got to be something around so people hear you right now. W- what about contact information so people want to find out more about Trail Life? Our website is traillifeusa.com, traillifeusa.com, two L's, traillifeusa.com. And there's a tab on there for uh, Find a Troop. You click on that, it shows you the map of the United States, shows you where our troops are. You can put in your zip code and it'll show you the closest one and what church it's meeting in. And you can send out some information and then find out uh, what, what time the meeting is and you get, get involved that way. Even as a volunteer, we have a lot of men in our program who, who love discipling and mentoring boys. All of our adults are child safety youth protection trained and background checked on a regular basis. Cool. And so we have, we have men in our program who, 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 who say, I'm not done. You know, I've raised my sons out of the house, but I'm, I'm ready to pour into another generation of men. So even if you just want to join as a volunteer, there's that, that opportunity. Or, of course, you can, you can enroll your son and, and, and find some great, uh, some great times in ministry. Outstanding. Well, Mark, thanks an awful lot. Congratulations on this great leadership, what you're putting forward for a new generation of young Christian men out there. Trail Life USA. Mark Hancock, traillifeusa.com. Look it up. Like, What's your zip code? You put it in there. Go on, guys. Come on. Men with other guys just being so strong. That's really powerful. In Christ. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekend. With the best new music. New music. New music from Chris Tomlin. Resurrection Power. Now I have 
What a friend. Good Life by the Young Escape. And now I know that this is the good life. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Do you feel like you have to haggle in order to pay a fair price on a mattress? This is your wake-up call. This is Robin Trzinski. At the Original Mattress Factory, we offer our best possible price to every customer every day. Since we own both the factory and the store, we can also make you a better bed that costs less than the other brand name mattresses. Sound too good to be true? It's not. When you buy an original mattress, you get both quality and value. No haggling required. OriginalMattress.com At the Original Mattress Factory, you experience more than just the mattress store. You experience a unique combination of a manufacturer and retailer. This factory direct concept is what makes the original mattress factory truly different and enables us to not only build you a better bed, but a better shopping experience as well. So stop by an original mattress near you and experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. Let's talk about your business for a minute. Think about all the things you're doing to attract the best talent. Between the networking events and referral bonuses, you're probably spending plenty of time and money to find the right people. But what if it was your office that attracted employees? Today's workforce is mobile and active, and they want an office designed around the way they work. And Veridesk makes it easy. Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions help you create an active workspace where employees can stand and move so they're happier, healthier, and more productive. Our full line of active office products are constructed with commercial-grade materials and require little to no assembly, so they're easy to set up and move. Companies of any size can have a Veridesk active workspace. Ordering is simple. Shipping is free. And our 30-day guarantee means if you don't love it, we'll pick it up for free. Learn more about Veridesk active workspace solutions at veridesk.com radio. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com slash radio. It's Allie. You may have heard me talking I have for years in Pittsburgh about how I lost 25 pounds in 30 days with the YP10 weight loss system from Slim Me One. And Kevin, I do believe that the reason this works is because it's so easy to do. It is so easy to do. There's not a whole lot to have to think about. And then also seeing the weight coming off that scale each and every morning and the scale becoming your friend also makes it so simple to do. That really keeps you motivated. And knowing it's only a 30-day weight loss process, program and the results are every single day plus the compliments start showing up about a week in it's incredibly motivating and the most important thing is the frustration of failure is gone because i finally found something that works when you compare this to all those nationally advertised programs where it takes you six to nine months to lose 20 pounds and thousands of dollars by the time you're finished the yp10 weight loss system it's inexpensive it's 30 days and when you factor in all the money you save from the convenience food you don't eat for that 30 days it's almost free give it a try for for yourself. Go to slimme1.com and start today. Rebecca Brewster Stevenson is with us from Durham, North Carolina, although her heart is right here in the Berg. She wrote a piece called Why I'm Happy My Son Married at 20. It's in the uh, Christianity Today woman's section, but it's uh, something I read all the time. I love it. Really excellent writers. Rebecca, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here in the city of Pittsburgh. We all wave out to you, although um, you are not facing the snow and slush that we are about to encounter again. 
No. <laughs> sorry to hear that you've got that coming. We have trees blooming here. Yes. I don't think yeah. you sound too sorry, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. No, yeah, you enjoy not. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rebecca, so you recently had a wedding in your family, and from a lot of people's, uh, especially outsider perspective, something unique, some would say unusual about it, yeah? Most definitely, right. Our son was married in July to um, his bride in Chilliwack, British Columbia, and they were 20. He was 20, and she was 21 at the time of their wedding. Yep, very young. So what was that like? Um, Did your son, you know, when he was courting his now wife, was there, you know, this was something that was on the rails that he thought, this is going to happen. I'm going to do this. There was a template in place. I'm sure there's a lot, I get a lot of different questions here, but, you know, he was intentional thinking, I'm going to marry this girl and I'm going to marry her soon. Right. Well, I think that um, they came to the decision to marry. I think they knew they wanted to be married right away. They actually met while serving together with um, mercy ships and then went home to their respective places. I see. Far spread. And it took some time um, as they courted long distance to decide that they wanted to to marry and marry soon. And I do think that part of that was the um, factor of being long distance. They truly wanted to be together. I see. And as we watched them grow together, it just looked like absolutely the right thing for them to do. Now, from again, the outside looking in, I'm sure as your son told the story and as you told the story for him, there were many raised eyebrows from people who would consider what your son doing, perhaps poor judgment, lack of wisdom, and maybe, you know, countercultural, Yes. Yes, most definitely. And I think that's true across the board, although specifically where we live, um, graduate school and further study and experience is highly valued. Um, But I think even outside of this town, people feel that uh, your 20s should be a time to really find yourself, to develop a sense of personal identity. And they wonder, how is that even possible to do when you've already linked your life to another? Yeah. So, yes, there was great, um, I think, doubt and, and concern sometimes and certainly curiosity about why we would encourage this and say, absolutely, this is what you should do. What about you yourself? Uh, You and your husband, um, you were married at what age? Right. So I was only 20 when I married my husband. He was out of school at that time. He was 23. I had a year left of undergraduate work at the time. And honestly, I had told myself I would never get married before I graduated from college. But um, I just felt such a strong sense of union with him and such a strong sense of um, partnership with him that it it didn't really make sense to us to wait any longer. And he was kind to take a job near our college. We both attended Grove City College there in your neck of the woods. Nice. And uh, it just worked out. Yeah, it worked out beautifully for us. We we have no regrets. We are deeply grateful that we grew up together in that way. Excellent. Yeah, because, you know, in the article, Why I'm Happy My Son Married at 20, you tell the story of, of being married young and then facing hardships, financial things in the 30s and 40s. But, you know, because the template was in place and you guys were already strong, you weathered those storms together. And probably for you know a couple that got maybe married late in their 20s or early 30s, it would have been a different kind of fight and maybe a different scenario. I, I imagine that it would, right? I mean, it's impossible to speak to, but I think one thing that's so important is that we really had learned how to relate to one another and had forged that sense of um, partnership and identity with the other, which is an intention of marriage, right? Yeah, this yeah. is a covenant bond that partners us in a way that we should be facing the world together, right. you know, united. And that was definitely our experience, which isn't to say that those hardships weren't hard, <laughs> yeah. but I think they would have been far more difficult had um, 
had our situation been different. No doubt. We had okay. perhaps been together just a year or two. So then when you and your husband were married, of course, you know, it's a different world. The world's changed so quickly here. What's happening now in youth culture, you know, for teens and 20-somethings is this this thing called the hookup culture, which is at its core heinous. And I'm sure that, you know, there are many people, you, you talk about this, that's, you know, someone that your husband worked with said, well, you know, yeah, you know, he's 20-something, maybe they should just live together, or, you know, the idea of that hookup culture, that might not be such a bad thing after all. Right. I think that in this hookup culture, we see two very opposite um, ideas competing, right? We have the Lord Jesus who tells us that when you are united with another person, the two become one flesh. And on the other hand, we have um, elements of our culture that um, encourage sexual expression and say we shouldn't limit ourselves. Uh, But what happens, of course, is that then when people come together in what seems to be a um, very casual manner, that union nonetheless... um, is real, and so they walk away from that, I believe, wounded. Uh, Not always are they attentive to that wound, but there's research that suggests that it is a deeply painful thing that, in fact, um, emotions need to be repressed in order for a person to engage sexually. And I guess my question there is, if the physical urge is a natural one and the emotional urge is also there, are they not both natural to us, and um, should we not attend to both? My concern is really for the well-being and the health of people who are engaging in this and, and hurting themselves is my is my belief. Right. Well, I'm sure we'll see the you know the the effects of that uh, if not now uh, certainly within a few years and decades down the road as this hookup culture flourishes into something that's uh, unrecognizable than what you and I grew up with. So so what about this? Your son now and his new bride. Um, what's that like when you see him? I mean, not that long ago, right? He was a teenager, right. you know, with his dirty socks in his bedroom, and now he's a married man. When you when you see right. him, what's that conversation like? Is he is he like a, a new creation, or is he still kind of the same guy with you know just some different responsibilities? <laughs> well said. I think he's. I can't speak to the dirty socks. I pay no attention to that. That's not my responsibility anymore. So. Good for you. I am not investigating their laundry situation. I'm happy for them to do what they will. <laughs> but uh, to be honest, he is. Um, what I see of him and his bride, and we get to see them frequently. They don't live far from us, which is a gift for now. Um, I see a real joy uh, between them. Well, I think we lost Say it. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, he's still a goofball, but we love that, and we wouldn't want that to change, right? <laughs> no, no, not at all. So what about, do you have other children uh, younger than your older son? We do, yes. We have a 19-year-old son who just graduated from high school and is taking a gap year, serving right now in Haiti. I see. And we have a daughter still at home. She's 17 years old and um, is a junior in high school. Yep, so we enjoy having them around still. So that seeing their brother, their older brother, go through this process, I mean, how will that influence them? Are they of the same mind or, you know, they have their own life, of course? Of course they do, but that's an excellent question. And and to a certain extent, I can't speak to it just because we don't always know, do we, what's the inner workings of our kids' minds. But I do know that I'm very grateful for this fact that um, both of our younger children are seeking the Lord. And I think they have a strong understanding um, that they need to be stewards of their physical person just as much as they do of their spiritual person. And they see that those two are linked Um, And so I think that, you know, should they find the right person, and this, of course, is the tacit reality of of this conversation, we would never just wholeheartedly endorse early marriage for everyone. Sure. You need to find the right person. And when that is the case, then um, we will wholeheartedly encourage that. Outstanding. Absolutely. 
Rebecca Brewster Stevenson is with us from Durham, North Carolina. However, she is in her heart a Pittsburgher. Uh, Rebecca, before you leave us, I want to talk about uh, your your novel called Healing Maddie Breeze. Tell us about this because this has a, a sort of a Pittsburgh feel to it. Yeah. It does, most definitely. Yes, this was the product of many years of work. It's a novel that um, takes place primarily in Pittsburgh, and although it is not overtly a Christian novel, it has many Christian themes in it, that of um, communion and of marriage, and the beautiful and stunning landscape of Pittsburgh really plays a strong role as a metaphor, ultimately for the body of Christ in the book. Again, that's a tacit aspect of the book, but um, it was a real joy to revisit that beautiful city, even in my mind as I wrote the book, and part of me feels like it's a, a gift to my city. So I hope people there will read it and Very love nice. it. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, Healing Maddie Breeze is the novel, and uh, Rebecca Brewster Stevenson's with us. The the article that she wrote, which I love, really, it's a great insight. If you've got, you know, teens or early 20-something, uh, the article's called Why, Why I'm Happy My Son Married at 20. And Rebecca, thanks an awful lot. We uh, really enjoyed the time here with you today. It was a great pleasure to be with you, John. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Welcome back to Pittsburgh. Anytime, uh, the Berg and Yins. We always have a place for people who leave and then come back again. Take a break. Come back. we got uh, just a slice more ahead. Get your snow shovels ready. Most mattress ads are dominated by offers of long-term, interest-free financing, often for five years or more. Just how expensive is that mattress if it takes you five years to pay for it? Retailers build the financing costs into the already inflated price of the product. This is Robin Trzinski. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't offer long-term financing and don't inflate prices. Why? We believe in transparency and honest pricing. Get a great bed that you can actually afford. OriginalMattress.com Showcase your business, meet local customers, and make new connections at the 2018 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo. Friday, March 16th from 4 to 8 p.m. and Saturday, March 17th from 11 to 4 at the Block Northway, formerly Northway Mall. Free and open to the public, this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 70 area businesses together. A Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber of Commerce event. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. Got it. Issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a thousand free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. Hey, uh, Sunday night, uh, the Academy Awards. But uh, I'll be doing something a little bit different. What's that? I love this. This is David Crowder. David Crowder is a staple, uh, at least in my music listening. He's in rotation with a few other guys, but I dig him. He is headed to this town, Carnegie Music Hall in Homestead, seven o'clock Saturday night. Gets underway. Tickets are cheap. It's a uh, twenty bucks or so. So yeah, hang out and check out uh, David Crowder. Listen, always a pleasure that you're with us here. We don't take the, your presence here for granted whatsoever. So uh, thanks enough a lot. Hey, uh, the website's up and running, of course. The podcast, maybe about an hour or so after we leave the air, you can check out any of the guests that appeared on today's show. And uh, you want to revisit that as well. Tell your family and friends and uh, those that you love to um, to be part of this as well. Hey, uh, in my daily reading, I, was see- I saw this thing. Uh, I saw uh, an article about uh, – <laughs> this is crazy – do you know that nose jobs, uh, plastic surgery nose jobs, have increased by 60% since 
the past three years. Why? One word. Selfies. Young people, when they take a selfie, think, my nose looks really big, so I'm going to do something about it. Well, plastic surgeons will tell you, it's not your nose that's big. It's the angle of the camera that makes your nose look big. So maybe there should be like a warning for plastic surgeons, you know. Just change the angle of your camera or get yourself a selfie stick to get that camera further away. Anyway, don't get a nose job. Just my advice. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow. Ride right Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.